0: You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back into another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Rose Report on Facebook, at Straight Up Saints, and on Instagram, at Saints underscore Straight Up. Now, I haven't had a podcast for about a week or so, been a little bit of a hiatus there, and I apologize for that, but now it's time to ramp things up. Uh, There's going to be a lot of Saints content coming out, and I'll give you the uh, details in just a sec, Um, but I want to give you guys a quick update. If you haven't already, join the Patreon page uh, that I created. It's going to show your support for the Saints, and with that comes exclusive content and first access to everything that I will post. Um, I already have to give a shout out here to Tyler McClatchy and Hudak Chris for joining the Patreon page last week. They just did. I'm hoping to have a couple more of you guys follow and what comes with it is my I have two to three articles on the Saints a week that aren't there aren't you know breaking news articles it's literally going to give you opinion with facts Um, it's not going to be something that you could just read off a blog site it's going to be something that I think you guys are going to enjoy. They're going to be basically columns. What you're going to get is first access to every podcast. You're going to get um, Q and A. You're going to get Q and As. You're going to get video recaps, post game, pre game, um, and also at the end of the day, you're going to get into giveaways that are strictly for my patrons there. I will have giveaways for my Twitter account, but I'm also going to have giveaways for patrons only. So the chances of you winning cool prizes definitely boost up with that. And also it's your way of showing your support for the podcast. I've had people show their support through anchor, um, donating a couple dollars a month. And this is just $3 a month, which you're still showing your support. And then you're getting a couple little bonus features as my way of thanking you. um, and, and really showing my support for my listeners there. So if you guys want to join the links in the description, but I'll also leave the link, underneath the tweet for this podcast episode. Um, so it's going to be great stuff. Also what I'm going to have coming out a, I already have a YouTube page, but I haven't really used it. I am going to start using that more. It's basically going to be something where I'm going to try and post a video every other day. Um, if something breaks, I'm going to post a video and I'll also have a podcast. So I'm basically going to try and put out as much Saints content as I can for you guys. It's something that I'm going to stay committed to. There's going to be a schedule. I will release the schedule on Twitter when it comes out. But basically, you're going to get two podcast episodes a week at the minimum. You're going to get two videos at the minimum a week, two articles at the minimum. I'm really thinking about three of each most likely, and if anything, two podcasts. But you guys are going to get more Saints content. I promise you it's going to come your way. Um, Obviously, if the season were to get canceled because of COVID-19, I'm going to have to reconsider in terms of how much content goes out because we're going to have to really weigh our sources and figure out what is newsworthy, what's not. But I believe there will be a season and I believe we'll have a lot of things to talk about in terms of Saints football, and with all that being said, guys, without, you know, we're going to, you know, strand away a little bit from the Patreon page, from the YouTube page here, and get into the topics that I want to talk about on this podcast, and the first one that I really want to discuss is something going on with Michael Thomas, and before you guys say, oh my god, did something happen? No, it's nothing bad, um, it's something that I want to talk about from an NFL ba- uh, fan base perspective, because I've had a lot of conversations with non-Saints fans, um, some NFC South rivals, I've had, you know, conversations with. Broncos fans, Jets fans, Giants fans. And we'll talk about Michael Thomas, and we'll bring him up. And I have yet to find someone go, yeah, you know, I think he's the best receiver in the league. I've had people tell me, I think it's Hopkins. I've had people tell me it's Julio. And I I listen, and I'm not going to fly off the handle. And I go to them, hey, well, you know, what's your reasoning? If Michael Thomas isn't the best receiver in your eyes, and he just broke a single season record for most receptions, he had over 1,700 yards, you know, what's your reasoning to say he's not the best wide receiver in football? And the first reaction I will get Uh, you know well chris i think the reason is he doesn't play well in big games and i'm like okay well let's get into this i mean i you know that sounds like news to me and the first thing i hear well you know he only had 36 yards in the nfc championship game you know this past season against the vikings he had 70 yards and okay well there we go the argument stops right there because i you know i encourage them you know tell me more what what's your problem with michael thomas And it ends there. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, you know, is there a narrative floating around that he is not a big game player? And all of a sudden, I'm looking on Twitter. um, And by the way, I suggest you guys to stay away from NFL Twitter because these kids, it's a bunch of 13-, 15-year-old kids that really don't understand football enough and they are just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. A lot of them just think Michael Thomas chokes in big games. So, you know what? I thought to myself, let's go look back at Michael Thomas's 10 most important games over the last three years because his rookie year realistically All the games are important, don't get me wrong, but the Saints weren't a playoff team. So when you're a playoff team, the stakes are high, more pressure. Let's see how he plays in those big games. So I went through the 10 most important games that Michael Thomas has played over the last three seasons and how he did in them. And let's go look through them, and I will quickly debunk this narrative. So let's go with the first one. Obviously, the NFC Championship game, four receptions for 36 yards. Easy to pick on him for that one. Absolutely. But I think it's important, without sounding like an excuse maker here, that you have to take context with anything. So let's take context here. The offensive line wasn't that great. The weapons around him, not great. But I'm going to excuse all that, get that out of the window. Let's talk about what happens here and talk about context. Literally three minutes left, Drew Brees has Michael Thomas for a wide open, under two minutes, excuse me, has him wide open slant, throws the ball basically in the dirt. Michael Thomas catches that. Not only does he get the first down, probably ice the game, Saints go to the Super Bowl. Probably gets in the end zone. Now, do his numbers look different if all of a sudden it's four recept- it's five receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown? Absolutely it does. And all of a sudden, let's think about context, guys. If the Saints win that game, and I'm not here to take you down this rabbit hole where we talk about this loss because it's depressing. the Saints win that game, we don't really talk about Michael Thomas not playing well against the Rams, do we? And also... We have to talk about later on in the top 10 games what he did to them the first time, which is the reason why L.A. went so hellbent on double teaming in bracket coverage and making sure this guy didn't have a single reception that mattered that much. Let's go to game two. NFC divisional round versus Eagles. So the game before the Rams, 12 catches for 171 yards and a touchdown absolutely destroyed that secondary. The only player that on the Saints that possibly played better than him that day, Marshawn Lattimore, two interceptions, both key, um, really changed the game. But Michael Thomas, 12 catches, 170 yards and a touchdown. You really can't beat that. That is a legendary performance, an all time great playoff performance. But you know what they say Michael Thomas apparently isn't a big time player, even though I just gave you big time numbers. Let's go to game three, guys. Divisional round versus the Vikings 2017. This was the Minnesota Miracle game. Oh, Michael Thomas just seven catches for 85 yards and two touchdowns against Xavier Rhodes, who was the best corner in the league at that year. That's a great game. But that's not enough for you. Let's go to the 2017 wild card. Right before the Minnesota Miracle, he plays the Panthers. First playoff game ever for Michael Thomas. Eight receptions for 131 yards. 131 yards in your first playoff game. Not too shabby. So we've gone through the first four. Three of them are great performances one isn't. I get it, but three out of four is pretty good. That's a 75% conversion rate. We'll all take that. Let's go to game five. Seven receptions for 70 yards against the Vikings this past season. Not great, don't get me wrong, but the O-line stunk up the joint. Drew Brees specifically stuck up the joint, and then also Michael Thomas that comes out to play with a broken hand. So again, no real Robin across from him. I give the Vikings all the credit in the world for keeping him to 70 yards. It's not a good performance at all, but to act like it's a god all for performance is also funny because if a receiver 80 percent of receivers in the national football league have seven receptions for 70 yards they go hey that's not a bad game i mean if jarvis landry has those stats we go oh well, well jarvis landry did what jarvis landry does but michael thomas is so great that seven receptions for 70 yards is a terrible performance but again let's keep going number six 2018 regular season versus rams 12 catches for 211 yards and a touchdown and one amazing joe horn celebration with the flip phone I don't want to hear anything about you can't perform in big games. I just gave you a 200-yard performance. But I'll continue. Regular season versus the Steelers, a little bit down the road in 2018. If the Saints win this, they clinch the one seed, a lot at stake. This game went down to the wire. Michael Thomas, 11 catches for 109 yards and a touchdown, was matched up against Joe Hayden for most of that game. Great performance from him. But I'm not done here. 2019 regular season versus the 49ers, one seed at stake at the moment, matched up against Richard Sherman for most of the game. 11 receptions for 134 yards and a touchdown with five of those coming in the fourth quarter when it mattered most, including his touchdown and a couple of plays over the top. But apparently he's not a big game performer. I will continue. 2019 regular season versus Seahawks. First start with Bridgewater. Five catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. Not bad in his first game with Teddy B as a starter and adjusting to a new system and the Saints were playing conservative and he goes out there and has five for 50 and a touchdown. Last game I'm going to bring up. Regular season, Bucks Saints, First seed in the NFC South is at the line at this moment. Bucks are coming off a big win against the Rams. Saints have to get into shootout. Michael Thomas, 11 receptions for 182 yards and two touchdowns. Guys, what the hell are we doing here? What are we doing saying that Michael Thomas is not a big game performer? Doesn't show up when the lights are brightest. Like what the hell are we doing? I mean, if the numbers alone on the season will justify that he's a great player. But then when I go back and I show people That I take the most, the 10 most important games and eight of those games are really good performances with six of them being like all time great stuff. What are we even doing here? Like, what do people need to see from this guy to say, okay, yeah, he's the best receiver in football. Like, do you need to see the Saints go on a Super Bowl run, which every single game Michael Thomas has 150 yards? Like, is that what they need? But then remember, if that does happen, we quickly switch the narrative and go, oh, well, you know, Drew Brees is throwing in the ball. If Drew Brees, you know, if any good receiver had Drew Brees, their numbers would be as good as Michael Thomas, which is false because if that's the case, receivers before Michael Thomas on the Saints would have been putting up numbers that Michael Thomas has done, which they can't because they're not Michael Thomas. And I know a lot of people say, you know what, Chris, you're a little too, too obsessed with Michael Thomas. You give him too much props. No, I really don't. I'm just, I am baffled by the fact that, like, we love to glorify really good players in sports. We always do. I mean, if anyone's somewhat decent with an infection, pers- uh, infectious personality, we love to jump on that. For example, I love Zion. I think Zion's going to be a great player, but Zion technically hasn't proven much at the NBA level, but everyone's so quick to say, oh, this kid's going to be the next face of the league. M- me included, by the way, I'll raise my hand right now and tell you, I think that's the case. But Michael Thomas, for some freaking reason, I mean, the guy busts his ass off, just came off a a new contract and put up record breaking numbers. And everyone's like, eh, let's slow the rolls. I'm saying he's the number one receiver in the league. Why? So when Julio has Matt Ryan, is Matt Ryan just shit all of a sudden? Now I know you Saints fans are going to say he sucks and I get it. The rivalry's there, but Matt Ryan is an MVP quarterback who, whether or not we agree, will probably make the hall of fame off inflated stats. Well, how about Deandre Hopkins? All of a sudden now Hopkins wants to play the pity me. I didn't have a quarterback excuse when Let's be real, with Deshaun Watson, actually, his numbers have gone down. This past season was not a great year for DeAndre Hopkins' standards. You know, who else are you going to pick? Devontae Adams is, is really good, but he's not Michael Thomas good. Odell Beckham has not been that good since his days with the Giants. So, who are we picking? We're just picking out of spite, you know. He is the best receiver in the, in the National Football League, Michael Thomas. He continues to put up numbers, and now we just pick different narratives that are entirely false, just to try and fit what we want to say. Like I just showed people those 10 games and how great he played. And yet I'm sure for some people who are non-Saints fans or some people who are a little skeptical about Michael Thomas will say, I don't know, Chris, but he didn't play well in the NFC championship game. Yeah. Give me a break. Give me a freaking break, uh, honestly. But I'm going to switch gears here and talk about a different offensive playmaker on the Saints, someone who I think is not as controversial. And the fact that Michael Thomas is controversial is just stupid. I mean, people really just complain about everything. But let's talk about Alvin Kamara. And let's talk about what can happen for number 41. Now, wasn't a great season for Alvin Kamara by his standards. Um, The 2019 season will be remembered by him having a bunch of injuries, him battling through it but just didn't have that explosive burst, a bunch of swing passes that we all didn't agree with in the playbook, not great, Um, only 797 rushing yards, which is about 80 less than last year, he only had 5 rushing touchdowns, which was 9 less than last year, had 81 receptions again for the third straight season, which is just some voodoo shit, but the reality is Kamara was hurt. And Alvin Kamara, whether you agree with the principle of paying running backs, is going to get paid. And I'm not here to say if it's the Saints or if it's someone else. Gun to my head, I probably say that Alvin Kamara gets paid by someone else because, you know, do the Saints want to pay $12, $13 million a year for running back? I don't know, especially with Lattimore's contract coming up, Ramchek coming up, DeMario Davis coming up, Marcus Williams coming up. A lot of decisions need to be made. The running back might be the odd man out here. He will get paid by someone. And it's important to note that, Now that he's fully healthy, he's had a whole off-season to train, he looks in fantastic shape. Alvin Kamara is going to have a big year. And this isn't a bold take. And at the other hand, this also isn't me to just state the obvious. The proof is there. When healthy, he's a top-five running back. What he does as a receiver, what he does as a runner, inside, outside, out in space, in the slot, angle route, option route, he will destroy a defense. And he's so elusive. He breaks so many tackles, you can't keep him down. He's a game changer. But there's a lot of reasons that go into why he's going to be great in 2020, with one of them obviously being health. He tweeted health as wealth." I agree totally. Second, I think the Saints know really well when their offense is clicking, it's because Alvin Kamara's playing well. Go back to every single game that the Saints explode on offense, it's usually because AK steps up as well. Michael Thomas, best receiver in football in my eyes. Drew Brees, still the most accurate quarterback. But Alvin Kamara is that pop He's the sizzle. He's what he's what everyone needs in an offense, you know? You need that guy who can beat you in a multitude of ways, which, by the way, is him. So I, I agree. Health is a big key. The contract, though, is probably just as big as the health. And if it's not 1A, it's 1B. And here's why. The proof is in the pudding over the last couple years in the NFL. When a running back's up for a big contract, they ball out. And if you don't believe me, let's just go look back at last season with two guys, both former Alabama guys, just a coincidence, Kenyon Drake and uh, Derrick Henry entering contract years. Now let's go to Kenyon Drake, who gets traded to the Arizona Cardinals, basically has half a season, not much time to learn the playbook. He goes for over 600 rushing yards, 8 touchdowns, 28 receptions, completely changes that offense. And what do the Cardinals do? They slapped, I believe it was at the time, the transition tag on him. Ended up keeping him. Uh, so Drake's going to get paid a, a pretty decent salary this year. I believe over $8 million. And then Derrick Henry absolutely carries the Titans. Derrick Henry ran for over 1,500 yards. He had 16 touchdowns. In the playoff game, he had over 180 rushing yards against the Patriots, and then the next week, over 190 rushing yards against the Ravens. Now, he got slapped at the franchise tag, which means he doesn't have a long-term contract yet, but for this upcoming season, he's going to make $10.2 million. The the proof is there, and I think is better than both these running backs. If he's healthy, he's going to play well, and he's going to earn himself a lot of money. Whether it's from the Saints or not, he will get paid handsomely in 2021. And what really separates this more than anything is that the Saints now have added even more weapons, which means the load is going to be less for Kamara. For some reason, with AK, less is more with him. The yards per touch shoot up, and I was talking about this with Nick Underhill last, uh, you know, yesterday afternoon. We were saying yards per touch probably going to go up for AK. Now, the highest was over seven in his rookie season. It's not going to get that high in our opinions, but 5.3 this past season was too low. I say somewhere around 5.8, 5.9 is a safe ballpark for where he might be. So yards per touch might go up. I believe touchdowns will go up. They will not have to worry about wearing him down. Why? Because they know what Murray's role is now. They now have Ty Montgomery, who could take the load-off screen passes, who could take the load-off option routes. You added a slot specialist in Emmanuel Sanders. You have another tight end now to use in Adam Troutman. You're hoping Deontay Harris and Trey smith take that next jump. The Saints' offense is expanding, both in depth and both in, in just variety and, and the way they have versatile weapons. If you look at the Saints right now and you look at most of their weapons, what do you realize that they have in common? You can use them in a ton of ways. You can put Michael Thomas on the inside, put him on the outside. Same can be said with Sanders. Ty Montgomery, running back, receiver, pick one. Alvin Kamara, running back, receiver, pick one. Jared Cook can get down and block if he needs to, but he could also beat you over the top vertically. The Saints are a versatile offense and they will beat you in so many ways. It's hard to pick. You basically pick your poison. So with Kamara, a new contract on on the you know on the line here. A possible championship at stake here he's now healthy he's got a lot to prove and don't think he didn't hear all that bullshit from a bunch of fans um, whether they were saints or not saying oh man he's done oh what the hell happened to alvin kamara is he you know was the first couple years of flash in the pan he was hurt back injury ankle injury knee injury and yet his numbers were better than 80 percent of running backs you know alvin kamara wasn't the only great running back who was injured last year and struggled same thing happened with Saquon Barkley the Giants but I didn't hear a damn thing about Saquon struggling with his injury why because some people are realistic and said hey Saquon's hurt he's not playing well Alvin Kamara gets hurt and maybe his injury didn't look as bad as Saquon's but the guy was still just as hurt and all the stuff was I don't know he doesn't look the same anymore does he miss Mark Ingram does he want to play for the Saints this is football they get paid to play football they don't get paid to have you know Feelings about another player leaving. At the end of the day, they're all friends and they don't want guys to leave, but that will never dictate a man's performance because that person is not going to let their checkbook get defined by someone else leaving. They're not, nor their legacy or their reputation in football. So, Alvin Kamara, big year coming up. I will take it to the bank obviously bearing injury because that will just destroy everything. But if this man is healthy, I am talking about 16, 1700 scrimmage yards. I'm talking about double digit touchdowns, whether it be 12 to 15 range. I am talking about a game changer. Who's going to get paid a lot of money in 2021. Don't know if we'll be with the saints, but he will get the money that he rightfully deserves. Now, before I wrap up this show, I want to talk about Jadavion Clowney. Don't want to leave you guys hanging with a quick episode. Let's keep going. Let's talk about Clowney here and why he is an interesting piece for the saints. And also it's just the fact that he's still on the market is just crazy to me because a lot of people don't look at the sacks and understand what clown he is. He's a guy who's great against the run, he is really good at QB pressures. And look, he's not always going to hit home, but that's okay. You don't always need to hit home. Pressures mean a lot. And for a guy like him, pressures are everything. And this past season, I believe he had 30 pressures. So out of 30, He had three sacks, so about 10% of it, not great, don't get me wrong. But what I always tell people is you don't need to hit the quarterback to make a difference. You don't. You just need to get in their face. And the reason why I say that is, let's go look at Vic Beasley. And I'm not here to just shit on the Falcons because I know that's what you guys want to hear. I'm not. But the years that he's played really well and he's had a lot of sacks, he's also been fortunate that he had just the same amount of pressures. And what I mean by that is if you go look at his advanced stats, the year that Vic Beasley had 15 and a half, 15 and a half sacks, which is a great number, he only had a couple of pressures more. So basically, he was fortunate to get after the quarterback the the, the times that he actually got there. He was able to finish the job. Clowney is not getting paid right now. Why is he not getting paid? Because he had three sacks and people want to pay him for a guy who had 15 sacks got to be realistic with what a player is that's not Clowney Clowney's yet to have a double digit sack season in the NFL there's no telling if he will have one but if he goes to the Saints the NFC is in trouble because what you're doing is you're putting Cam Jordan and Jadavian Clowney who are great against the run together we know what we get from Cam that is 12 and a half sacks that is 13 sacks 14 sacks and now you got Clowney on the other side Clowney will probably give you seven eight nine sacks And let's not forget they have Marcus Davenport, which I will beat that drum all day long that this kid is going to be special if he's healthy. Now, I got to put the if he's healthy in there, but he's going to be special if he is. But Clowney has not gotten paid yet. And part of it maybe is he's asking for too much. I get that. But the other part is he's not getting paid because the sacks aren't there. But sacks aren't everything. For example... Some guy can eat up the double team, do all the work, and a little speed rusher can fly through and get the quarterback. And guess who gets credit for all that play? Not the guy who drew the double team and allowed that opening for the edge rusher, the edge rusher who finished the job. Unfortunately, that is life sometimes. and There's a lot of guys that have to play that you know, garbage, you know garbage man role where they do all the dirty work. And that is basically what Clowney did last season for Seattle. And the only issue that Clowney's really had in the NFL is that there was so much hype around him. That South Carolina-Michigan hit has lived with him since that day. Everyone brings it up. It's one of the craziest plays you've seen. If you haven't seen it, or even if you've had, go back on YouTube, search it up, watch it. It is amazing. But since that day, we've expected greatness from this guy. And instead, people aren't realizing he's a really good football player. He's just not this LT that people wanted. And by the way, LT does not come around often. I mean, we haven't seen one since. So I think it's really interesting that he hasn't been signed yet. And I think what's really interesting now, because a lot of people gave my guy Nader shit for his first report, and I give him all the credit in the world for being right on that that the Saints were interest the Saints have, you know, some interest and Clowney, more importantly, would like to play for the Saints if the money lines up. And now we have Nick Underhill, who we all love and respect, is now saying, you know, we might see Clowney take a cheap deal similar to what Cam Newton just took with the Patriots, which by the way, good riddance that he's out of the NFC South because that man gave that team headaches. So Clowney to the Saints would be an absolute absolute game changer, guys. Like, we're talking about two really good defensive ends, versatile, playmakers. And also, remember, it's a one-year-and-I'm-out type of situation, so you're going to get his best football. And that means this team, which has top-10 defensive potential, will take that next step that we've all been waiting for. Because a lot of people know this defense is getting better, but they're still not as well-respected as they should be, I'd say. You know, they're not looked at like a 49ers or Bears from the year before. And that's fine because they're not on either one of of those teams' levels in terms of greatness. But this is a really strong defense. A lot of depth, a lot of playmakers, a lot of leadership. Clowney on the Saints would be big. And before I finish this up, though, I really want to mention something about Nader's report. Um, And I'm not here to just get into an argument with anyone. But I will say this. There is someone who I will leave unnamed for the sake of being generous here that is stealing other people's sources that is taking certain people's content and branding it as their own. And if you are listening and you know this is you, stop. It's not your report. It's not your source. Feel free to comment on it, which is what every, you know, at most Saints accounts, like myself, if it's not my report, I will give you my opinion on it. And I will never debunk it. I will give you my opinion on it. If something comes out with Clowney, I said, and I, and I will quote, I tweeted, the only downside of the Saints signing Clowney would be that it's Lombardi or Buss, and if they don't win the Super Bowl, we're all gonna be disappointed. And that's fine. Giving your editorial-type opinion on something like this is okay, but there's someone taking someone else's content, saying it's their sources, getting the information, and I know it's not, and I know it's fraudulent, and if you're listening, cut the shit. I'm not kidding. But anyway, guys, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast, and remember, a YouTube page is coming out with more content, um I'm going to keep doing those periscopes with you guys on Twitter. You guys have been enjoying them and I've been really appreciative of your questions. I really enjoy it guys. You guys have been a delight this year. Um and who knows? You know, everyone's been in a good mood. Maybe the season happens, maybe the Saints win a Super Bowl and we could all, you know, sing Kumbaya together uh in a couple months from now. But anyway, guys, YouTube page coming out. Gonna have content on that weekly. Uh, Patreon page, if you haven't supported it yet, please consider supporting the podcast and getting the exclusive content that comes with it, with it whether it's giveaways, articles, video recaps, Q&As, uh, shout-outs on the podcast, like my guy Tyler McClatchy and Hudak Chris, who have supported the podcast from day one. Um, you guys will get that. I'll even include the social media accounts if you guys want to increase your little following. Um, and we can go from there, guys. But I, I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the week. And I will speak to you guys at another date this week. Um, this is not going to be next podcast is Monday. I am going to start the two podcasts a week now. So you will get another one this week. I'll give you guys an update on the date when that comes out. So once again, guys, I want to thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for another episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast later this week.